You're listening to Angus Underground, featuring insight, opinion, and answers to the questions on everyone's mind. Prepare to be educated, entertained, and empowered with insight, news, and conversation with today's newsmakers. From the well-known to the not-so-well-known, raise your flag and join the revolution as your hosts, David, Joe, and Corbin, take you underground. Welcome to the underground. It is 8.45 p.m. It is one day after David's sale. <sighs> they are exhausted. <laughs> Joe Fisher just got home. Vince is about to fall asleep. His back hurts. I just don't even know how he's going to make it through this. You know, we see this stuff on, on Snapchat uh, about Vince's back, but then about Three minutes ago, Vince was leaning over to the left so hard that you're like, man, if your back hurts, there's no way that you could be moved over to that side. And this was not part of the open that I had planned. My but back it just, does hurt, Corbin. Does your back hurt really My bad? My back now? does hurt, yeah. Do you know what I'm more concerned about on Snapchat, though? Did you guys get requests? No, no. I got requests this week that Mullins is on there. That's, no. like a, that's not a good idea, right? I didn't get that. They don't want to be my friend. It might be an imposter, or does Mullins really have a Snapchat? Full no. disclosure, the only way I get on Snapchat is to send a story of something my kid's doing, or if I see that Vince and Joe are going just absolutely ham on there, I'll get on yeah, there and see what they're talking about. Um, but that's about the only way I get on Snapchat. I think I've got like 30 of them right now that are unopened. Don't be, I just like, so I've deleted my Snapchat before because I had so many people on there and I'm getting to that point again where it's like, he's on here. It says, it says DM auctioneer. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's what I'm saying. That's lot. like a loaded gun. I don't know that he should have one of these. I'm going to add him. So I'm going to go into our, uh, the opening I intended now. Wow, guys. Someone threw a fire on a different type of cattle. I mean, we, it's impossible to get on social media today. We saw a, 2.49 marbling we saw a 473 dollar c you know we're breaking the mold but but real real spill these guys just had a heck of a time in montana and there was so much interest so many people it's just absolute like like the narrative that's driven on social media is nowhere near where we're at within the angus breed i mean i think it goes without saying that that there is a fire that has been lit and people are latching on to, and they're understanding um, what we happen to be preaching. I'm not saying that we're we're responsible for what's going on, but if you ask me, um, there's some stones that are being turned over, and, and there's just a reckoning that's coming. What do y'all think? Absolutely, it's a revival, it's a maternal yeah. revival. Yeah, maternal <laughs> revival. I saw that on a book one time. No, seriously though, Corbin, I would even be so bold as to say it dated back a couple weeks before. Starting with some of these other California sales, bull sales out here, people that you don't hear about as much who have a a little bit of a unique way, a unique path. And I think social media has been great. I think this multimedia platform has been great to empower people to let them know that you know what, you're not alone. If you want to do something different, if you want to breed for 2.5 marbling, that's okay. You do you. You want to breed for cattle that look good. You want to breed productive cattle. You think you have a balance of traits. I mean, that's all we've ever set out to do, isn't it, guys? Is just make people yeah. feel like what they were doing had value. That's all I ever wanted to do. Amen. It's, yeah. We we don't encourage anyone to go a particular direction. F follow what your heart is. 
follow what your brain's telling you, follow what your passion is. And, uh, yeah, eventually you'll be rewarded for it. And listening to your customers, right, David? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So what, what Corbin's talking about. Okay. Let's go back to Joe's sale. Joe's sale on the 25th of September. Eighth. On the 8th. I think you were there on the 25th because you didn't make it on the 28th. That's why, that's why I missed the sale. I was three days early. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my kids, my kids are like wandering around and they're like, they're going up to Abby and they say, mom, mom, which one's David Brown? Mom, which one's David Brown? <laughs> and finally she said, he's not a celebrity. Come on. He's the tall, good looking one. <laughs> I wasn't he's there. Who, he's the who one is, that's not freaking here. Exactly. Who is much younger than he says. <laughs> but no, let's go back to that. I mean, what yeah. a sale. Holy smokes. Have we recorded since then? No, we uh, did. No. no, no, we haven't. If we did, it was right after and we didn't have time because we had jam pack session full oh, of a we couple had different Shana and Aaron on right after and, yeah. and we had Sackman sale, Sackman yeah. and sale, and a bunch of stuff we had to cover. But and Aaron didn't want to talk about Joe's sale. It's he amazing how <laughs> how time flies. Like, Joe, do you still feel like your sale was less than three weeks ago, or do you feel like it was moons ago? Uh, it's been a long time ago to me because I've delivered half those bulls in, uh, what was it, seven days? And I was delivering bulls up to a few hours before I hopped on the plane to go to David's. And and I don't want to at all say that I don't want nobody listening to this podcast to say, oh, he's super hardworking, man. That's not why I'm saying that. It was it was refreshing to go to Montana. It was refreshing. It's like going to the neighbor's branding instead of having your own. You guys know right. that feeling where it's like man, I could do whatever I want. I can just enjoy the people. I can enjoy the cattle. It was so freeing in the most beautiful place on earth. But yeah, we we had uh, we had a wonderful sale. I mean, a lot of repeat customers, um, some new ones. Uh, we were definitely, I think that their purchasing dollars spoke for the value they placed on our program, which I was very, very grateful of and, and just humbled by it that people you know, we only we only sold like 70 bulls. I mean, are we going to have a huge, huge impact on the industry? I don't know, but we do have a huge impact on the people that use our genetics. So, Joe, with that said, you said you sold 70 bulls, but I would say that geographically, you still have the ability to make a huge imprint because of those 70 bulls you're selling, you're not selling multiple bulls to every person every year. So someone may come this year buy a bull and they may come in three years and buy a bull. So you have more of an impact than what you, than what you think. But my question to you is, is geographically, what, what was your, what was your, um, your reach? Like, like did most of your bulls sell locally? Like I know you hope that they do, but did most of them sell locally or do you send some a long ways? I send a lot of bulls into these pockets. I call them. And the pockets start by establishing relationships. When I was at David's sale, we'll talk about that later, but there's some friends that we have in Utah, Idaho area. I was talking about the exact same thing. Once you establish these loyal little pockets, your cus- or my customer, have be- they became our biggest drum beater. And so if you guys remember a couple, ep- well, I guess it'd be a couple seasons ago now, but down <laughs> at the, I delivered bulls down at what I called the Trump wall all the way mm-hmm. down to the bottom. And she yeah. drove me all the way up to the wall. I took two bulls down there, maybe three. They brought a big, long trailer up. They brought a neighbor up who loved the bulls when she saw them. They ended That's up awesome. getting quite a few bulls bought and they competed really hard. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, 
I don't, I, I made a comment though. I want to clear up because I had to clear it up with one of our listeners when David interviewed me about our sale. And I said, I don't need any more customers. I don't need any more. That was more of a place of, of trying to be humble and just say that I'm grateful for the people who have supported us. And if you are on the fence of, I don't know, I want to try this or whatever, I just as soon have you come because I don't want to just create more competition for the people that have been loyal to us and brought us to the dance. That's what I was trying to say. And you guys know, because we've been on this podcast long enough, your mind is kind of going a million different trains of thought and you try to stay on one to keep the podcast moving. And sometimes you don't complete a thought, but I wasn't trying to be arrogant saying, I don't want your business. We're full. We want the right business. And I think that our sale vetted that out. And then moving on, we talk about uh, Montana a couple of days ago. I, I think it was very much the same. Wouldn't you say, David? Yeah, to an extent. I, I'll always accept new customers. I will too. <laughs> I think where I think where Joe was coming from it was like, is it's part of the message we try to convey, right? Which is just like um like we want to have the right type of person that's in here looking at us and, and it's and it's so we want our, our bull customers and our female customers and, and everything to kind of fall in line with what we preach on here. Like this is not, we're not just full of crap. Like we're serious when we say we want to provide a product that has some value to people and, and we want to continue to make those people happy year in and year out. Like I can just tell you guys that the bull customers I have that I've had for five years are more important than the guy that calls me tomorrow that might want to buy, you know, just because we have that long standing relationship. So it's all about relationships and I don't think anything in like shows how important relationships are more than what just happened in Montana. Absolutely. And it was well, the same for me too. Yeah. So so I, I want to expand on Joe's point just a, a bit. Joe is normally so eloquent, but I, I think I'm you're missing on out topic. on yeah. you're missing out something here. So I think what's important, and Joe and I had this conversation when when he says I don't want any more customers. Okay. Yeah. He wants to protect the ones that he has. Uh, he wants to ensure that their needs are met. But I also think more importantly, he does not want his genetics going to the wrong places. Yeah. No, I don't want to, I don't want to sell relics. I don't want to sell collector's yeah. items. I want those bulls to go out and perform how they're intended to for the customer they were built for. And yeah. so, yes, we sent bulls to new customers that I'm super excited about. I mean, I was going to mention on here, David Cray and Casey Green bought one of our top selling bulls. Oh, nice. Casey's excited. But they vetted it all out with me. They tried to find one that would fit their program. They're super, super astute and specific in what they want. And I think it was a good match. And so um, I, I, more to the point, David, thanks for bringing that up. I was trying to say, I don't shoehorn salesman people into anything. I don't try yeah. to coerce you into how great our products are. I just want you to know clearly what the products are. And if that's a thing that you need, we'd love to provide it to you. Um, and we have a strong backbone customer base that supports us. You know, I, I go back, this was several episodes ago. Maybe, I, I don't know how long ago it was, but think back to when we talk about where do you fit? Where on the Angus spectrum do you fit? And it's a, listen, it's a wide spectrum. Uh, I've heard others talk about, well, the Angus breed is a tent, and there's room for all of us in the tent. And I, I like that analogy. However, you know, if I'm producing X for a specific customer base, 
it makes me nervous when someone from a totally different customer base comes in and wants to try it because it's not meant for them. And it, it may or may not work well. Most, most often they will not be happy with it. Exactly. That doesn't mean they're wrong or you're wrong. It's just a bad fit. And, and that makes me nervous too. I mean, we just completed a, a female sale. Yeah. I want the right people to get the right animals. And, and our cattle are, listen, if you're breeding for ultra high carcass and marbling, that's wonderful. Yay. Yay. We need that in this industry. However, don't come to me and expect my cattle to, to be the best cattle that you have for marbling and end product, because that's not what I'm producing. I'm, I'm producing cattle that are, I call them balanced straight, a big cliche there. Big cliche, but it's balanced trait for maternal characteristics, maternal function. Okay. And 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 so if you're coming to me looking for marbling, if you're coming to me looking for show cattle, yeah, you, you may not be real happy with that. And I think that's what, what Joe's kind of saying. Also, how many times have we tried a bull and we blame it on the bull? Yeah. That the calves were not good. But in all reality, they didn't. They just didn't cross well with our type of cattle, and yeah. and it, like you're saying, it's somebody. It's somebody that's that's breeding for high marbling or whatever, and they come try to buy an animal from you, and they take it home, and they're like, well, that, my, I bought a bull from Montana Ranch, and it didn't work, or or bought a bull from Bruin, and it didn't work. Well, maybe it just didn't work on the cattle that you have been, you know, breeding. Yeah, and there's no bull out there that's a fix all. Yeah, that's why Surefire didn't work for me and Midi and Focus didn't work for Joe, okay? Right. You know, we talk about this sort of stuff all the time, but I I kind of wanted to, like, I, my wheels are turning as we're sitting here having this conversation, and I'm just sitting here like, like, let's say I went and bought a heifer from David's and I went and bred her high carcass, high carcass, high carcass. Wouldn't It would, wouldn't take very dang long for me to get in the top 1% of high carcass with that bait. It does, just doesn't matter because you turn generations over, you breed a heifer to a heifer to a heifer bull. I could have top 1% marbling pretty quick. So there's something to be said for that. But, but it's not even only that. It's not even take the marbling and the high carcass out. I've used bulls that just flat did not work for my cattle, but I saw them working on other people's cattle. All right. Absolutely. And and that falls into where we, and I'm guilty. I mean, I'll be like, God, that bull was a piece of crap. Didn't work. But it, in all reality, he just didn't work on my cows because he worked on a lot of other people's cows. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you started that, Vince, you started that mm -hmm. comment a second ago. I got a little queasy because I was like, oh, he's going to say that maybe your my cow was the problem and you just touched on it it's the mating system it's the mating system that's what i'm saying yeah it's the how we system. used it which is what david was saying it's how we're using it. yep i agree i think that's really well said i appreciate that you couldn't go pick out any bull in any cat in any catalog and use them but at the same time well, we think we can at, well and then well, we get calves and doing. they're not what we think they are and we say well that bull was a piece of crap well, if you go use a bull, if you go do hand select a bull, whether you know his mother or where you don't, or you just like his picture in the catalog, you better have 
a good direction with that bull of where you're going to go with him. You better not just say, I'm going to breed him to this cow because he's because she's got my bit highest numbers. You know, you better have some some real world reasons right. why you're just why you're going to, you know. I, I think when it when we talk about sire selection, it's really important to use a bull that you have a have a use for. You know, don't just go use a bull because he has a cool name or or because he's popular catalog. Yeah. Or because everybody else, or because your neighbor used right. him. He's the high, he's the hottest selling bull, the number one selling bull in the breed. So I better use him. That's voracious, right? No. So that's <laughs> that's interesting. You guys bring Not this up all. because um, I think that a lot of our topics end up being circular and they're centered around genetic selection and they're centered around mating systems. And but that's that's what dominates. Other than tomfoolery, that's what dominates our chat group. That's what dominates our conversation. That's what people are most interested in. And Vince, I want to unwrap that a little more because you you talked about maybe he didn't work in that mating system. Think about how we're taught to make cattle. Oftentimes you get out of university or something, you know, you get your little sheet out, you highlight the good traits in green, you highlight the bad ones in red, and then you line the next pedigree up to it and you try to create complementarity or you do an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, that's how I was doing it out of college. And it was very, I remember the red flags. They teach you that in judging class and those performance classes, identify the red flags that fit with the scenario. If you're getting that much variability of sires that work or don't work on your F1, if you call it that, imagine what your customers are getting on the F2. And so if we do anything here on this podcast, I would say you can be bold, you can be your own program, you could do your own thing, but you should seek to be producing a consistent type and a consistent product for your customers so that they don't end up with that grab bag of this one looks like a surefire. This one looks like a marathon. This one looks like an objective. This one looks like a name the bull. I really don't care. That's not the point. But I think that intentionality throughout your mating system is what's key. And that vision of the product you're trying to produce to wrap a bow on it and tie it back in these past sales over the past couple of weeks, I think there were some, I boldly put myself in that conversation, um, probably not very humbly, but some programs who have a type, who have a vision, who have goals that maybe aren't as celebrated throughout our our, our ad campaigns or, or industry speak that is popular, but they're real. If you want to talk about right. Coleman's, you talk about a program of some people that kind of went... A, upstream for a lot of years doing stuff differently believing in a cow kept doing their own thing and i don't think anybody can deny that that was a smashing success a couple days ago and then i think you can contrast that to the very next day up at david's which took some pieces of coleman and some pieces of other programs and blended it into something that was unique for that particular environment and that particular management scenario and also broke records for that particular ranch There's opportunity, guys. We hear a lot of people on these chat groups talking about how the first-generation ranchers getting hosed and there's no opportunity for me and it's all rigged. If you stay consistent and you stay with vision and you have a plan, there is opportunity. And that's what our last podcast said with Strummins. Those Angus cows bought those places for those people. And Angus cows put, you know, cattle put me through college. I never got into that before. And these cows here i hope put my kids through college so david what do you have to add with that i'll tell you what you just summed it all up uh we can end the podcast right there i didn't mean to take that (laughs) i hope i took it the same direction you were going (laughs) that was very well stated all three of you 
Bear Mountain Angus would like to invite you to our mature cow herd dispersal and major herd reduction sale Friday, October 27th and Saturday the 28th at the ranch two miles west of Palisade, Nebraska. 400 head will be offered, including all females four years and older, along with donors, spring calving cows, bred heifers, open heifers, fall pears, and herd sires. Some of the highlights will be Forever Lady 7833, who is one of the stoutest, most phenotypically correct females we've raised. She is best known as the Grand Dam of North Star, who sold for $67,500 to Lens and Gen X. Also selling is Isa Erica 9501, the Dam of Stealth. Both of these donors sell with August-born bull calves and are open and ready to flush. Other donors selling are Bear Mountain Jamie 7860, who is the Dam of Justice, Ulima 1727, who is a popular heifer that McKinley showed as a phenotype genotype heifer, and JVC Forever Lady B444, who is possibly the best upward daughter in existence. There are several other donors selling and a lot of the bred and open heifers that are right out of the heart of the herd and embryo program. This herd has been built on our slogan, which is focusing on quality with performance. We breed cattle that work for us and our customers in our environment, focusing on breeding for bulls and females who are moderate, easy fleshing, structurally sound, and still push the scale down at weeding and produce offspring that have good carcass traits. We are able to do all this by not chasing extremes and making sure that all the important traits are kept in mind. We have decided to downsize the cow herd so we can spend more time with family and with our customers. We would like to invite those who plan on buying females to become cooperators for us and send bulls and females back to us to market. Again, we would like to invite you to join us in Palisade, Nebraska on October 27th and 28th. Videos will be available on liveauctions.tv as well as sale day bidding. For more information, you can go to BearMountainAngus.com or call Brian at 308-737-6213. I thought we were going to come on tonight and talk about the excitement gripping the Angus world right now. The global Angus evaluation? The yeah, we're excited. Angus evaluation. Yes, there's a new number one. I don't even know what you're talking <laughs> about. One. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, what the hell are we talking about? World Angus Evaluation, yeah, it released today. Well, what did, what did it change? So here, here's what I found. I looked up two of my sires. Guess what? <laughs> Their EPDs are just as poor today as they were yesterday. But, <laughs> but you know what? The crowd spoke. The crowd spoke, and they like them, and they bought them. There you go. Tying back into what Joe said, find your own way. Find your own way. Be passionate about it. Be driven. Be focused. Chase it. And and if you do, you will find the clientele to buy them. I keep hearing this day after day after day. Folks say, you know, I can't do it different because I can't sell them. I once said that. I once said that. And, and I had plenty of friends cheering me on and saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And And finally, I mean, we've gotten along great over the years. but. Man, yeah, we just had a great sale. And it, at the end of the day, though, we came on. We wanted to uh, kind of dedicate this show, this show to the people. If anybody tuned in and and they saw my uh, pre-sale remarks at the Montana Ranch sale, everything I said was heartfelt. Um, I, I tell you what, I, I went over it. We uh, 
we had a little meeting before the sale with the ring staff, the auctioneers, the sale management, sale consultants. And, and I told them, I said, I said, guys, I don't know if I can get through this today because I'm going to get emotional. I'm a passionate guy. I said, but ultimately, ultimately, anything that we do today is because of the people. It's the, it's the people behind the cattle. It's the people that we had come in and represent us. Uh, guys like Joe Fisher. Guys like Joe Fisher. Okay, this guy just finished his bull sale. Do you think he's got something better to do than come to Montana Ranch and, and work a phone and and uh, help me? Oh, sure he did. Sure he did. But I'm going to tell you what. Uh, guys like that, guys like that, salt of the earth people, that's what makes a program hum. And it was the people that came to the sale. And I'm going to tell you what. Anybody, anybody that doubts the power of the Angus Underground should have been there. You know, the other piece that you're touching on the power of people, though, we had some people, and you're going to say the names because I'll mess them up, from Louisiana, brought <laughs> Boudin up. They, they strapped like a Yeti cooler with ice packs in it from Louisiana, went through TSA airport security, packed that thing all the way up for us to have. I had I had one of our good friends' spouse bring me two packages of trolley very berry crawlers. <laughs> I can't believe they got on the plane with that that they let them. I ate them so fast with the boudin. Oh, it was incredible! Yeah, I can't too. believe it was so good. David, share the names because I'll say it yeah, wrong. I know it was yeah. Tyler. So yeah, Tyler Inzarella and his grandfather, who is my new favorite person in the world, Don Delahousse. You've got to say it right now, De La Jose. No, I, I couldn't do it. I call him Mr. D. <laughs> and they, they are from New Iberia, Louisiana. Look that up on the, the map, folks. Louisiana. That, that's, that's about as far away from uh, northwest Montana as you can get. But uh, we, we had such a ball with those folks. And, and so our sale was on a Wednesday. I want to tell you what. We had people showing up. Thursday, Friday of the week before. And so we had a solid week, solid of Angus Fellowship. That is so cool. That's awesome. And, and, and a lot of it is because of the Angus Underground. I can't tell you how many people came up, introduced themselves, and said, we, we are loyal listeners of the Underground. And, and so... I, I want to go off on a tangent just for a moment, okay? And this is not meant to be negative in any, any shape, form, or fashion. But we we have suffered some criticism as of late. I won't tell you where it's coming from, but but people say you guys are you guys are divisive. You're negative. You're dividing the Angus breed. I'm going to tell you what. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. What we're striving to do is stimulate independent thought, give people hope that they don't have to follow exactly what they read in the sale reports day after day after day. They can, they can go their own way. Larry Coleman sale, prime example, folks. Prime example. I mean, I remember coming to Larry's sale 20 years ago. You kidding me? I mean, you you uh, you had no problem finding a seat then, but Joe and I went up there uh, last Tuesday, 
but there wasn't a seat in the house. In fact, Joe and I stood outside the dang barn. We got there late. We got there late, went through some cattle. There wasn't a seat in the place. We stood outside the barn. And there, there wasn't that long ago, man. I mean, <laughs> you could pick any seat you wanted in the place. And that's a real credit. It's a credit to Larry and his vision and D and, and now Jeremy and Jenny and, and the whole gang there. But they've remained disciplined and focused. David, you said the word divisive. You said the word divisive. Yeah. I had a man, uh, the age of my father, come up with tears in his eyes, thanking me for passion, thanking me for truth, thanking me for validating his program. And I'm just like, who who are you kidding, Brad? Who are you kidding? You giving me more than I could ever give you. I'm just the guy with the microphone. And that's what I noticed when I went to your place. And I noticed at my sale, when people would listen to the podcast is the people that came and thanked us, took the time to invest back in us. And Brad and I had a conversation as an example about other things in my life that I'm struggling with right now. And he had identified that with me. And he said, I'm going to text you my phone number because I can help you with some of those things. I can help you. And I thought, This Angus network is anything but divisive. It's a beautiful, beautiful celebration of diversity and breeding cattle and diversity of management scenarios and diversity of environments. And all that we're doing here is saying that everybody's got a place. That's all we've ever said. Absolutely. So to simplify and and just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but to call me divisive and to call Joe divisive and to call David divisive is to somewhat insinuate that we're even all four of us breeding cattle the same way. We're not. No. We're all carving our own path and doing things our own way. So if we're divisive against the rest of the breed, then we're certainly divisive against each other, right? I mean, that's kind of like, uh, that's like, I mean, yeah, sure. We might use some of the same bulls, but we don't, we don't have the same breeding philosophy. We're all, we're all our own programs and that's what makes us unique. And that's kind of what we want to push on everyone else is like, do your own thing. Don't just do what David Brown does. Don't just do what Joe yeah. Fisher does. You That's be right. you. You be you. You have that ability. You have that voice. Um, and you should feel empowered. If you have 30 cows and you want to go, you know, and you have this, you know, I'm, I just, I want everybody to have the the opportunity that, that I feel like I have. And that's what's cool about the Angus breed is we're all come from different parts of the world. We all have separate opportunities that, that, you know, I don't have the same opportunity David has, but you know what? I feel empowered by like, I even feel empowered by talking to David, Joe and Vince. It's like, well, these guys give me, give me the, uh, they give me the strength or the, you know, I, I feel like I can make a difference with just my little spot in Oklahoma. Absolutely. Well, you sure can. And yeah, it, whether you're in Oklahoma or Tennessee or new Iberia, Louisiana. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to run through some names, okay? And and I'm going to apologize before I even start because I'm missing so many. And in fact, we've been so stinking busy here. Uh, by the way, by the way, before I read these names, you know, so we've talked about, this episode was meant to t- kind of tie up the previous two where we talked about cell uh, timeline, and uh, we talked about uh, uh, cell book preparation and advertising and, and all that business with uh, Shana Strumman. 
So we wanted to tie this up into a neat package and, and recap Joe sell, my sell. I'm going to tell you what, for me, all that pre-sale stuff is child's play. That's easy. The, the most difficult days are those following the sale. Absolutely. That's when it becomes real. Okay. Um, so, so let me recap what it's looked like here for the last couple of days. Now we're blessed. We're, we're super blessed because we had great friends and customers that stuck around. They wanted to see more of the program. Okay. So we've spent the last two days kind of touring people around and, and, um, you know, giving them a deeper look into the program. That's fun. But along with that, okay, so we're trying to arrange freight, uh, which, which means we're contacting truckers. Uh, we're trying to contact uh, those that were not at the sale that bought online or over the phone, uh, which sometimes can be <laughs> difficult at best. Uh, we're trying to get health papers secured, brand inspections in, uh, secured so that we can get wheels under these cattle and get them moving down the road. Uh, we're trying to clean up from a sale. You know, we're trying to find. You're also trying to get paid. Trying to get paid. We're yeah. So we're doing accounting. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying to get invoices out the door. You know, for those that were not here, those that were here and didn't check out. So there's a lot of moving parts. And then, so what about the rest of the herd <laughs> that weren't exactly. in the sale? Yeah, so uh, today we were busy running around. We we had three, uh, you know, we bred here in September, AI'd, and then kicked bulls in. And sure enough, we had three three herd bulls get injured. And, and so we're trying to get to the bottom of that today. And, uh, you know, if they had a problem we could fix, we were trying to get it fixed. So, yeah, after the sale, that's, that's when uh, all this rent comes due. Hang on, I got one for you before you start up. That was perfect, yes. perfect break. What is the number one screw up after a sale? Can we each choose one? Right I after can. a sale, the biggest screw up. I've been doing it for almost 20 years. Not having a good inventory of what we have loaded out and what we have left. Next year, I'm going to commit one of my children. Your job is to grab the pink sheet and you write down that the animals have physically left. We do that. We always get the exception, Vince, where somebody's like, well, we didn't get your triplicate because you were in a hurry to get out of here. And so we're just going to mail it to you and we'll take care of it. We'll make it all work. And here I am beat up at the end of the sale. I got a truck coming the next day to take half of them back to the feedlot because the people that want me to keep them, we've checked a box where we say need delivery immediately can come from this time slot to this time slot or after November 1st. It was a great system we set up. So all the after November 1st, went the next day right back to the feedlot. But here I'm on a four-wheeler driving through bulls in 15 acres, trying to write down numbers of what left. Yeah, we do We do that too. I mean, some of them, we don't get it all kept up with 100%, especially this year. We had a different computer program, but used with the handwritten tickets, you know, you had the pink and the yellow and the white to give this to your loadout guy so we always had a stack of those we knew they left and the next morning we always go make a list of what's still here and say okay well this guy's coming today these guys are coming monday and these have got these are going out of state and that's what we had and then it's like i know that we loaded johnson's why isn't there pink here right 
Well, this cowboy horseback put it in his back pocket. He put right. it in his back pocket. And then he calls me and texts me a picture. He's like, here's here's Johnson's sheet. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, I've been looking for those bulls all morning. Or I thought that I had to deliver them. And so I put together that list. So, David, what do you what do you do with that? Or do you have any other challenges I didn't touch on? Yeah, so it's it's not as big an issue, uh, that piece to us, because we're we're <laughs> we're off the beaten path. And and so uh we were selling females. How many of your cattle were loaded out were loaded out yesterday? On sale day, there was exactly one animal that got on a trailer. <laughs> oh wow. One. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> next morning early, uh, we loaded out a few more. We loaded out some this morning. We'll load out some tomorrow. So it's a little bit of a trickle. So I I don't have those challenges. And and come bull sale time. Hell, nobody brings a trailer. You keep them for a while. Yeah, we offer free delivery or we winter them. And and so, it, but I've been in those those instances that Joe is referring to, and it's very, very frustrating. So I think my biggest challenge, my biggest challenge is this. After the sale, I would love nothing more than to Shake the hand of everyone who bought. Shake the hand of everyone who attended. Absolutely. But it's impossible. It's impossible because you, you'll encounter one buyer, and they want to talk about their animals. They want to talk about delivery. They want to talk about, you know, 20 other things. And the next thing you know, you've you spent 15 minutes talking to them. Yep. And and people people are busy and they have a lot of uh, driving ahead of them to get back home and and so you miss you miss a lot of those folks, and then you know when when the crowd finally disperses, you think oh geez we got all these people that bought online that I've had no contact with so I've yeah. got to call them, and uh, in in our case and I'm not making excuses, not making excuses, but. Uh, I'll tell you, at the end of the day, we are just beat. We've been running on fumes for weeks. And I've got good folks like Joe and Dave Mullins and, and Matt McFarlane and guys like that who have vested their time in me to help me. And the 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 one thing I I think I, I need to do and want to do is I want to take them out to a nice dinner and, and socialize with them and catch up because it's been all business up until that point. And so there, those calls get kicked to the next day. And then the next day, you've got 50 other demands on you. Uh, you've got to clean up. You've, you've got all this stuff going. And so then it gets kicked to the next day. And, and so that's my always my biggest regret is that don't get people contacted in a very timely manner. And isn't it embarrassing when someone spent like 28,000 on cattle and they text yes. you and they're like, did I get anything bought? And I go, oh, <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. And yeah, and I want to yeah. say on the podcast, because most of you guys listen, if you called me or if you text me or if I packed an order for you, I've, I tried to go through and I tried to get a hold of each one of you after the sale on Wednesday night. I tried my best. And if I missed you, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. It's <laughs> unintentional. Ditto, ditto, but uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 very demanding. I've I've always said after the sale is way more difficult than than prior to the sale because there is no checklist because it no. all runs off the rail. 
you know, there's only so many hours in a day to do it. I'm not going to call people at midnight and say, Hey, thanks for, for buying. And like you said, you want to, you still have to take tie up loose ends with a sale, yeah. but then you've got to move on to your everyday practices. I mean, we have our sales second Saturday in April. We're breeding cows. We're planting corn. We're doing flushing, transferring eggs, doing a hundred other things. And like you said, I try to, if people are loading out and I'm here, I try to go thank them and talk with them and, and do that and, and get all this other stuff to do too. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. And it's not unique to us. That's, that's every, every production cell out there. They all battle it. Yeah. Everybody has stuff to do. So would you all agree that that has value? That position has value. Absolutely. To say thank you. Yeah, no, and that's a leading question because I think, David, what you created, the space you created for me and Matt McFarlane is a little bit unique to this industry. And the space you created was exactly that. The space you created was grab a side-by-side, take this guy to go see Can-Am, take this guy to go see these peppers, take this guy to go see this, take this lady to go see this, and then afterwards say, hey, I want you to go look at bulls with these people. I want... And I, it, it was a hard paradigm because I felt like I had to do something. You know, I was talking to Mullins about this. Like, I, I got to get some orders for David and some support. And he's like, nope, that's not what you're there for. You're an extension of this program. That's what you are. You're you're to touch these people how he physically can't. There's not enough data. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd encourage people to find people they trust and let them help you with your sale like that. Because it can be really a pretty beautiful thing, actually. That that was the most valuable piece that you provided joe and and even even mullins Mm -hmm. i you know i i will tell you so uh sunday monday our sale was on a wednesday sunday monday and we're blessed but we were absolutely overrun with people that just wanted to look at cattle and get to know the program if you've got 50 people there one person cannot service their needs Right. Uh, we we still had sell cattle out on pasture. Okay, they they weren't up in the the display pens; they were on pasture, and so it became just a a physical feat just to get people to the cattle, you know. And and so yeah, I felt like an Uber driver for a lot of the day. <laughs> you aren't short of vehicles. Montana <laughs> Ranch is not short of vehicles. There's fleets of them, and they were all taken. <laughs> yeah. But I'd take them out, dump them out, go get some more, and and then just back and forth all day, which was great. And Joe, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, folks. I've never been so happy as when producer Shauna called me and she said Joe's here. I'm like, oh, oh hallelujah! <laughs> but Joe, Joe picked up the ball and ran with it. And what was cool is he, he had looked at the catalog, studied the, the catalog, studied the program enough. I had no doubt that he was going to represent our program and our cattle for exactly what they were. And that that's what he did. And it's fun. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with all these good people. And, and we have a mutual goal. It's to connect the right people with the right cattle. And so that's why it works. Now for a word from one of our sponsors. True Time Logistics is a livestock transportation company with a focus on the seed and show stock industry. True Time takes a new approach to the livestock transportation industry as they are built off of a dedicated freight model, which means that they customize their loads to maximize efficiency and decrease the amount of time your livestock spends in transit. 
Their focus is animal health and well-being. All of the drivers have extensive knowledge and background in livestock and are properly trained to handle high-dollar animals during transit, loading, and unloading. TrueTime offers a guaranteed 48-hour delivery time once your cows have been loaded. Coast-to-coast deliveries may impact delivery times. They carry $1 million in commercial cargo insurance, which ensures your livestock will be protected at all times during transit. TrueTime is comprised of a fleet of hotshot gooseneck trailers, giving them great flexibility on their routes and where they are able to deliver. They deliver from the place of origin directly to your farm. TrueTime loves the opportunities to get connected with farmers and ranchers across the United States and would love the opportunity to be your preferred hauler. Check them out on their Facebook page, TrueTime Logistics, or contact Evan Bixby directly at 319-559-0167. Now back to the show. So I, I want to go back. I, I kind of started off on this tangent, and we, we ran off the rails and went a different direction. But in my pre-sale remarks, I said, folks, this is a people business. It's not about the cattle. It's about the people. It's about the people behind the cattle. It's about the people that are, are there putting their trust in your program. And, and I've been blessed that I have developed so many uh, long-term, I called it relationships during my remarks, but it's friendships. I'll be honest with you. I don't have any friendships outside of the cattle business. I'm a one-trick pony. You know, if 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 I go somewhere and they're talking about something other than cattle, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much left out. I could talk a little college football or pro football, but that's about it. But it's it's about the people, and uh, I I got dang emotional about it. I'm going to tell you, just the the sacrifices that people make, uh, the Joes, uh, the Dave Mullins, even hey, even Vince and Corbin, they couldn't come to the sale. But those guys, and I, I hope I reached out to both of you either sell, sell morning or the day after. I said, thanks for being there for me. Because those are guys, and, and by the way, Vince, Vince, when I need a pick-me-up, okay, when things are going rough, I call Vince. Because Vince cheers me up. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you what, what kind of set the tone for my whole week was I called Vince. I expected to catch him on a grain cart or driving the combine no he was sitting there with his dad tony tony who's 87 years old tony who took a chance on me when i was just a kid and and hired me and and he said hey i'm sitting here with tony you want to talk to him absolutely absolutely and and that's the that's the long-term relationships that you create in this business and i know that tony's 87 okay he hasn't followed what I've been up to lately, but I know if I need something, Tony's got my back. Vince has my back. Corbin has my back. Joe has my back. And, and so I think it's really important to, to if you're going to be successful in the cattle business, whether you've got Angus or Maine on Jew or Hereford or whatever it is. And by the way, we should rename this podcast because I learned there's a lot more breeds represented in our world than Angus. So do we call it the beef underground or, <laughs> or do we include, are we inclusive to dairy beef on dairy too? 
Well, after this past week, I think we need to call it the Simmental Underground. <laughs> dare we? Dare we call Holy it the smokes? The maternal yeah. underground. That might oh, that, that might get some very maternal. odd. The that maternal might, underground. Yeah, maternal. <laughs> if we put maternal underground, we might get some really odd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some people looking for some really no odd that things. doesn't work with the search engine i mean it's bad enough with ours as it is if you forget a letter we are we are the counterculture to the mainstream purebred seed stock industry that's what we are we're the counterculture we're the divisive ones <laughs> yes so i want to and by the way so i just told you about the long-term relationships but i guarantee you I guarantee you in this last week, Joe and I made some new relationships that will be long-term. I mean, we've already talked about Tyler uh, Anzarella and, and Don De La Jose, but my gosh. So I met the, the coolest family, uh, Lyndon Tomlin and his wife, Jackie, and their daughter, Abby, and they're from Saskatchewan. Super passionate. Whew. Oh, my gosh. So so they showed up, uh, I don't know, it was a day or two before the sale. And uh, we went out. We looked at cattle, and, and they really enjoyed what they saw. And, and then they started telling me about, hey, we bought some embryos, and they were sired by one of your bulls. And I said, hey, good news. That bull's here. Would you like to go look at him? And and so we went and looked at him, and, and I gave them an quite a bit of time. And I said, Hey, we're, uh, you know, these, this is our breeding philosophy here. And I always describe our breeding philosophy as being super simple. And it is, it is the most simple thing in the world. I think Joe once called it, what's your elevator speech? Well, mine, mine now is in one floor and one floor on the elevator. I can cover it. Okay. So, so I gave them that. And uh, I even asked, so so young Abby, uh, she's an 11th grader. She's so stinking passionate about this business. I mean, it, it just, you can feel it. And I related to that because I was that way at the same age. And uh, I went on to explain, hey, you know, uh, don't know if you've ever heard, but we do a podcast. And it's, it's geared, it's geared to uh, uh, young people. It's geared to new breeders. They don't have to be young. It's geared to anybody who's just getting their their feet under them in this business. And I said we started it because we've lived through this and we've we've made all the mistakes and we're going to share those mistakes with you and hopefully that will prevent you from making some of the same mistakes. And uh, actually Lyndon, her father, he says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know about your podcast." I listened to it for five minutes, and then I figured out you didn't have any Canadians on here, so I quit listening. So I was <laughs> I was quite humored by that. I can do a Canadian. Hey, that's <laughs> incorrect, though, because uh, we did have a Canadian on. I did. I we, corrected him. We can him. speak Canadian, eh? Take off. Hey, you hoser. What would you do today, eh? <laughs> you hoser. <laughs> so, David, are you you got another list you're going to run down? Or yeah, you, yeah. Okay, keep on a moving. Okay, here we go. Uh, Rusty Cooper and Brittany from Texas. I was going to take them. I was going to oh, take geez. them. Take it and run then. Go. I mean, they got engaged the day they took the Montana Angus tour. 
<laughs> and and Shauna, executive producer Shauna, was one of the key elements in where Rusty decided to do it. Ooh. So they had they had a, a mutual friend call and and say, hey, where should I do this? And and Shauna said Lake McDonald, right? Is that what yeah. she said? Yeah, Lake McDonald. Oh my gosh, you talk about the most beautiful <laughs> people and passionate and a lot of fun. What a hoot! All right, keep going. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Kyle Braswell from Fort Worth, Texas. You know, he, he, listen, listen. He's got the best voice of all of us. And I told him that he said, Oh yeah, I listen to you guys. And uh, I said, well, you could come on here and guest host anytime. One of the funnest interactions I had, and, and we all know this guy, he's, he's a good guy. One of the great young minds in breeding Angus cattle, but Kevin Tebow, Kevin Tebow from Idaho and his dad, Kent, they came up and spent some time with us. And and so a little bit of uh, trivia. So Kevin was my intern ten years ago, and and he's had great success breeding cattle since. Uh, I'm not going to take any credit from that. I, I was a poor example to him for for that. But uh, uh, we had the Elmores, which Joe touched on earlier. Uh, Brad and Melissa from Hillsboro, Ohio. He's a great guy. Oh, he's oh, something. Isn't man, he, he is oh, a great man. Guy. You you could just feel the passion, feel Absolutely. the passion when you visited with him, and then Darren and, and Gaelic Kilgore from uh, uh, Faith Angus in Whitwell, Tennessee. Darren and Gala have become close friends of ours. In fact, we that's why we're recording so late tonight. Uh, they're leaving tomorrow morning, and, and he's so still Sean, there. What he spend the whole week? Well, yeah, yeah. This is an Angus experience now. Okay. And I know I'm missing a ton of names, ton of names, but this was so rewarding for me this week. It, it's not about the sale. It's not about getting these cattle into great programs. For me, it was about uh, renewing friendships and making new ones. And that's what this business is all about, folks. It's about the people. Oh, and I had a pile of them. I mean, my friends, the Miles from Miles High Angus, Lane oh, yeah. and Wyatt. I mean, just working over those cattle and so passionate and so excited. And 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 we'll miss somebody, so I'll be very careful. Uh, Justin Allen and his little boy. And I can't – I'm so sorry, Justin. I can't remember your brother's name. Um, but going around touring cattle with them, and they've got incredible eye for livestock. Mr. Kurt Hansen, so such a loyal mm-hmm. producer, been there. I think from the very first bull sale, Abby and I went to when you had me carry some orders for some customers. I met him yes. there, and he yep. remembered me, and and just such a genuine, genuine good person. Um, we cannot, cannot forget uh, the one and only Michaela Snow and Rory. Amen. I mean. You talk about somebody who's passionate about Montana Angus and cares about us and is an extension of the team. She's she's wonderful and she knows the cows and she. That's cares. what's cool too. That's what's cool too. I mean, if Joe was out, I was out, Mullins was out, showing people around. Michaela would grab people and go. Absolutely. I mean, that's awesome. But but then we saw some friends that we've known for a long time that uh, you know they maybe 
just it was kind of odd that they'd show up in that element. John McCurry and Brian Marshall, it was great to see them. Yeah, and talk about absolutely. some eyes for cattle and people that we've known for a while in Dallas riding around. I mean, oh, Dallas man. is always fun to evaluate cattle with. And again, like I said, um, I'm, I'm going to miss somebody. Matt and Sarah Thompson, I know. Um, and Sarah's the one, I'll, I'll say with full disclosure, brought me the gummy <laughs> worms. And then I shamelessly <laughs> went back for the second package she bought me because I wasn't going to let them spoil. Oh. But it was a good time connecting with all you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Go ahead. How how about uh, Robert Whitaker and Lex Carter? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? hey, they they were dialing for dollars. Robert called me, wanted to know if I needed any assistance while he was there. And you told him no. <laughs> told him no. <laughs> hey, I was I was on online watching in the combine as I was picking beans. You were. Hey, and, yeah. and so I so I learned something. What? Um, <laughs> the, whoever you use as your online sales platform, they give you a list of everybody who watched. Yeah. And how long did it say I watched? I watched until I got to the back of the field and I lost service. So I had to exactly. How many people had a problem with the platform? How many? One. One. Person. Ben Santini. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vince is shooting off text like I can't hear it. I can't hear it. And no, like, I wanted to make sure if there was something wrong, you could fix it before the sale started. A Shana Strumpen yeah. helped us there because we had a Bluetooth hookup on some songs that was doing some goofy stuff to the audio, and if we didn't have our little network of people sending me snaps, that wouldn't have got yeah. fixed, See, and that was a problem. So you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, David, how can we forget uh, Kim Nixon and Elizabeth Marshall? Oh, I mean. Well, I don't know if they're listeners, but oh, of but, yeah. course they are. They gotta listen, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, I guarantee you they do. But great people, the best. I know we're we're missing folks, but uh, what a what a great time! And and I didn't mean for this episode to turn into a uh, self promotion for Angus Underground and Montana Ranch and Bruin Ranch, but we we, we wanted to share with our audience just how rewarding it was to connect with all these folks. And we look forward to seeing you guys. You know, if if you weren't there at Joe's or my place, guess what? I think Joe will join us in the uh, – and Corbin. And Corbin. Corbin's waving. So we'll again meet at the National Western in January in Denver. Joe's rolling his eyes. He's not coming. Do I, do <laughs> I have to sit in the jet tent? No, there. Yes. I will not have a tent this time. Oh, no. you're not having a tent? No, oh, no yeah. tent. There'll be okay. a jet tent. We'll have to figure out somewhere else <laughs> to stand. No, that tent though was the only warm place last year. I'll so tell you that. It was chilly, chilly, chilly. That, and then you could slink right over to Jake's and eat some CAB strips, which was nice Amen. with Jim Baldridge seasoning on it. Yeah, we'll just hang out hey, there. That's next good time. stuff. It's really good. I mean, we stuff. bought we yeah. bought several pounds of it, and it looked like contraband <laughs> sneaking into TSA. Hey folks, Aaron Strumman here with Strumman Ranch at Solon, North Dakota. I want to invite you to join us on our annual fall production sale, the Badlands Angus Alliance Bull and Bred Female Sale. Included in this sale are 60 coming two-year-old Angus bulls, 700 commercial bred heifers, and for the first time, we are offering an excellent group of 80 registered bred heifers. Last fall, we were offered some extra grass and needing to fill that lease, we went out and hand-selected registered heifers I thought would fit our breeding philosophy. We fully intended to add these females to our registered herd, but shortly after they were purchased, we had the opportunity to expand our ET program. 
So now we are offering this special group of registered females to you and giving you the opportunity to sort through them. I truly believe they are the herd building kind. They came from two long-standing reputation Angus programs, Copal Angus in South Dakota and Op Angus in North Dakota. These two Angus programs are multi-generation operations that highly value the Angus female. Some of the genetics include Tahoe, Sitz Broker, Pathfinder, Executive Law, Barricade, Copal McCoy, Copal Knockout, and numerous others. I think there is extreme income potential in the beef business right now, and there's no better time to invest in high-quality Angus genetics. We believe these heifers are uniquely made to be very profitable. They have been selected for balanced traits, realistic performance, and exceptional maternal quality. They are backed by generations of cattle selected for their hardiness and ability to get it done in the northern plains. They are AI bred to leading Cabanese sires, SAV Easy Street, and LT Firesteel. We'll be selling them as individual lots through our 2023 Badlands Angus Alliance Bull and Bred Female Sale December 6th in Dickinson, North Dakota. The sale will be broadcast on DV Auction. You can check out our website at strumandranch.com to request a catalog, or you can call me at 701-290-7983. I'd enjoy the visit. Folks, this is a short episode. We're going to, I think we're going to wrap it up, but we're going to have some great content coming up. I'm real excited about it. Uh, We've got some great interviews. Hey, you know what? We're going to be talking mineral before long. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have a superstar guest lined up to talk mineral. And and I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm not going to speak for the other co-hosts here. That's the one area I need the most help with. I don't understand it. I flunked out of chemistry. Man, I need a lot of help there. Well, didn't we talk about it, David, on the on the truck ride to Coleman's about how you could leave so much money on the table both directions where yeah. you could be throwing out you said like $50 a bag mineral and maybe you're just doing it because your neighbors are doing it, but a strategic plan. I think that'll be exciting to unpack that with a true professional. Amen. Amen. So we're going to, we're going to talk that Uh, we've got some uh, secession planning. I mean, that's really important. Oh boy. Passing the farm or ranch to the next generation and, and how to do that and, and still keep it intact. I need to know how to do that. I, I honestly thought when you said secession planning, I was like, holy crap, are we trying to figure out a way to all move to a state and then secede from the union? <laughs> well, we, we probably should. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? At least Joe should. If it's got some boudin, I'd consider it. secession. I don't know. <laughs> we're all moving to Texas and we're seceding, baby. Yeah, but we, yeah we've got some cool topics coming up. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, Joe. Keep it undercover. Undercover. (laughs) Underground, underground. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This episode of Angus Underground was brought to you in part by Montana Ranch, the source for balanced trade Angus, which are different by design. If you love this episode, head over to where you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, check us out on social media where you can interact with us and to suggest subjects that you'd like us to cover on upcoming episodes.